In this episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we stretch ourselves to the limit of our basic understanding of history. And communism. We discuss whistles, the CIA, and the fall of the Iron Curtain, or whatever that was. It landed hard, because it was made of iron. Well, it's heavy. You're listening to our take on Scorpion's Wind of Change. You're listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. So here on uh, Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, I would say 95% of the songs that we have done, there has been a pretty consistent theme running through all of them. It's It's been really subtle. So y- you have to be like a real Sherlock Holmes of sort of musical themes to to figure out what that is. Bill, can you tell us what, what the underlying theme of most of the songs that we have done is? One of us likes it a lot. <laughs> okay, well, there's that, yes. Okay. Relationships. Mm. The majority of our songs have all been about relationships. So I'm excited about today's song. This is our first real political song that we have done. And this is a big, big political song from the early 90s. And its cultural impact is, like, I don't think it's it's unfair to say that it had a wide reaching impact in Europe and uh, and and in Russia. Interestingly too, this song feels almost like it broke the space-time continuum. It was written after the fall of the Berlin Wall, but it is most associated with that Berlin Wall coming down even though it was written afterwards. Is that true? Am yeah. I right on that? Yeah, cuz um well, I think uh so the song we're doing is Wind to Change by Scorpions, who are a German band, so I think there is this huge uh, relationship between the fall of the Berlin Wall, which obviously is in Germany, Berlin to be exact, which is also in Germany, and the song. But it was written after that and then played as as a like a, a freedom cry for the uh, fall of the Iron Curtain in uh, in Eastern Europe and, and in Russia, the, the end of communism in the Soviet Union. So today we're doing a song that really functioned to tear down the Iron Curtain. Yes, exactly. Again, cultural impact, incredibly huge. So scorpions, and, and I didn't realize this until we started doing research, they have been around forever. I was shocked. Yeah. Formed in 1965. So Bill, you're the math guy. Tell me how many years that is. And they're still touring, recording, and performing. So that's 57 years. 57 years they've been around. Now, of course, the band started when they were all about two or three years old. <laughs> Not They didn't really have autonomy until 1972 when they were finally... You know. It was it was a lot of a lot of like wooden blocks being uh, smashed together and like that Fisher Price xylophone. Nineteen seventy two, 
first album, Lonesome Crow. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you hear it, it has this sort of sound that is not metal. I'm trying to remember the sound of it. It's almost like a psychedelic. Oh, okay. Bit of an Austin Powers vibe going on. Yeah, yeah, that's like... I would not expect this from the Scorpions. That song sounds like A Whole Lot of Love by uh, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So they, they're developing too, especially in their early years. They're really mm-hmm. developing until you get into the mid-70s. Yeah. And then they, they become like this hard rock, heavy metal, glam rock band yeah. through, through the late 70s uh, and through the 80s. This is the tricky part for me. It's like growing up in the 80s, especially. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty young in the 80s, but I'm old enough to go to like junior youth group where yeah. we would talk about evil music oh okay and so there's the thing called hell's bells yes right? you know we we learned all about all the evil things that heavy metal artists were doing yeah and scorpions leaned into this in the same way iron maiden kind of leaned into things i think too where their album covers were so much scarier than the music yeah like listening to scorpions today and yesterday i was like this isn't scary yeah this yeah, isn't yeah. even that heavy yeah but my goodness, some of their cover art is tough. Yeah, okay. So what I knew about Scorpions was through all these album covers that looked really, really hideous. And they would post them like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Yeah. So I had never heard of anything. Maybe Rock You Like a Hurricane, possibly I would have heard. Yeah. But I wouldn't have known it was them. And so when Scorpions' album comes out, which is called Crazy World. Right. And this song comes to us. I know it's the second single, I think, but to, uh, to us... It third was the, single, actually. Third single, yeah. yeah. We we haven't heard any of it because I'm not listening to the heavy metal stations when I was 13. But this song was nothing like what I expected from Scorpions. This song comes out, and, and it, it just sort of captures, again, uh, the, the cultural zeitgeist at the time. Because in the early 90s, like, we're coming to the end of the Cold War, and there's that that sweeping wind of change through Eastern Europe and, and Russia, where uh, the communism is falling. Yeah. And th- this song, like we had mentioned, written after the fall of the Berlin Wall, but before the fall of communism in the uh, Soviet Union. Right. You want to give us the full rundown of the story of how this song came to be? So um, the Scorpions were playing a, uh, a concert in Moscow called the Moscow Music Peace Festival. And it's this hard rock festival, which has uh, Cinderella... Um, there's, a, there's a couple of uh, European bands that I'm, I'm not going to try and butcher their names. Uh, one was actually called Gorky Park. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I, I won't try and, and, and butcher their names, but uh, uh, mostly uh, North American acts. Skid Row, Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, Bon Jovi, and Scorpions are playing this uh, festival. So the organizer of the festival, Doc McGee, who's also the Scorpions uh, manager, organizes this boat tour. And I listened to a podcast about the song, and, and we'll jump into that a little bit later. And it's a supposed ties to the CIA and everything. So they're on this boat tour. Klaus Mind, the, the lead singer, is kind of taking everything in, and he's looking at all the sort of cultural, political uh, sort of barriers, literally and figuratively, that he can see as they're going down the river. And you can only imagine what it's like, right? Because... Ozzy Osbourne's there, uh, Motley Crue's there, like uh, Skid Row, like th- these are all like heavy metal, glam metal bands from the late 80s and everything, and they're probably just partying, having a good time. And here's Close Mind having this poignant moment, like, and he's looking and taking it in, and he started whistling the melody, which opens the song, and it's just that iconic whistle. It's maybe one of the most identifiable beginnings of a song. Yeah, yeah. So and it and it starts off and it opens up with that and uh, the the song is kind of like a okay like sing what you see uh, Klaus but the opening lyrics are follow the Moskva down to Gorky Park listening to the winds of change an August summer night soldiers passing by listening to the winds of change follow the Moskva down to Gorky Park listening to Change. summer night, soldiers passing by, listening to the wind of change. He's kind of taking everything in and formulating the song about this boat trip and everything that he's seeing and how everything is changing in Soviet Russia. And imagine at the time, there's so much going on. There's the Soviet Union, I think economically, is kind of in shambles, yeah. is my guess, at least from the time remembering it. And I remember so much was changing so quickly. And to us, it was this like triumphant thing. But now looking back on it, 30 plus years, it feels like... I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I don't think it's better to, you know, to have Ivan Drago still fighting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there nice is something... Rocky Four reference. Yeah. There. Well, you can't help but think that the Rocky Four speech at the end yeah. is almost on par with Winds of Change as as a as a sort of um, world changing. Yeah, I, I think I think if there are two pop culture moments that are directly responsible for tearing down the Iron Curtain. It's this song and the speech at the end of Rocky IV. There are common threads there. Yes. Wind of change. If I can change, you can change. Yes. We all can change. Change abounds. I just want to put it out here that we have spent a lot of our lives thinking about soft rock songs and relationships and all these things. Now, we do think about political stuff. We do talk about it. However, the death of Apollo Creed 
probably means a lot more to us than a lot of stuff we should know as 45-year-olds. I got to put that out there. And so it still is like... Are I'm we, still not over I'm that. not over it, but I feel like Wind of Change is about letting go of the sort of desire for vengeance for Apollo Creed's death. Yeah. And his death was not in vain. No. No. Because Rocky helped bring down the Iron Curtain. Yeah. yeah. So... So for us in our non-political, apolitical, I must say I'm not, a, I wasn't apolitical because back then I feel like, I don't know if you were like me, I don't think you were, but I was like much more conservative. Oh yeah, I was much, yeah. And so it was like, yeah. no, I'll take him down and you know what? Sometimes you got a nuke, you know, it's like, yeah. what? Why are you dropping nuclear, but, and the sort of justifications that were just so easy. Yeah. And the good guys were easy and Michael Dukakis was a bad guy. Yeah. I know, I'm still getting political, but it's like. Just coming to grips with what our past 80s was. action movies are just like we need to we need to talk about this will this will be a different podcast, but eighties action movies and the their impact on the political landscape like it can't be understated. Okay. Question for you. This is pointing out my own thing, but did you think Arnold Schwarzenegger was Russian? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So Absolutely. He's in Red Heat, so he's Russian. So I'm like, oh, okay. He had so an I, accent. Yeah, so I can cheer for him. He's Russian. So to me, that was a big moment that yeah. we could accept Ronald Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I had no clue that he's there is... Austrian. Yeah, but I always thought Christopher Plummer was Austrian. <laughs> well, yeah, Sound of Music. I know, exactly. I had a lot of issues. Yeah. So even even this song, my ways of dealing with it is like, oh, Sting sang about Russians. Like, what? Or there's a movie called The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, which is like <laughs> just a... I think it was... A, I want to say Mel Torme, but okay. it's not. It's the other Mel. What's his name? Mel? Mel Brooks? Mel Brooks. Yeah. But Mel I'd lo- Torme, this singer. <laughs> Great singer. <laughs> Fantastic actor on Night Court. <laughs> yes, he was. All right. We are... I think we're back. Here. I think we're back. I think this is more of a... I'm, I apologize for the historians out there. I'm like, I'm sorry, we just couldn't do it. And one of the crazy things about this massive uh, hard rock festival... Like the first of its kind, it was kind of called like the heavy metal Woodstock in Moscow and all this other sort of stuff. And like I said, Doc McGee, who's the manager of the um, of the Scorpions, organizes all this stuff. And uh, there's a couple of funny things about this. So the proceeds of the concert were to go to uh, fund youth drug rehab centers in the Soviet Union. So all of these, like the proceeds are to help these kids get off drugs, which is, you know, a a great, uh, great cause and all that other sort of stuff. But the bands that were there, like Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne in the in the eighties, like these guys were doped up to the edge of oblivion. I know. There's so much in the eighties where you had the anti-drug messaging coming from people who were just yeah. Doing a lot yeah. of it. Well, we talked about uh, um, that in the Bananarama episode. Yeah, They, that's they it. tried Coke for the first time shooting the uh, the video for Cruel Summer, and there was an anti-drug song on that album. That's insane. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a whole other time. Oh, yeah. So you have the Scorpions at this concert kind of offended that Bon Jovi is closing. Yeah, they're with, the headline. Yeah, and Scorpions are like, we know what peace means because we grew up in West Germany, so close to East Germany. I think they're in Hanover. Hanover, yeah. And for them, they understood like the shadow of the Berlin Wall is on them. Yeah. They had friends or family, I'm sure, on the other side of the wall. 
And so, I mean, I mean I, that gives more weight to these lyrics, too, when you see the second verse, I think. The world is closing in. Did you ever think that we could be so close like brothers? Yeah. Which is such a great line, especially if you're thinking of East and West Germany. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not great on history at all, but the way that Germany was able to come together, East and West, I know there's there's definitely issues, but it's pretty remarkable as a country yeah. that they were able to sort of do these sort of things and to come to grips with their own history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. kudos, Germany. Yeah, well done. The world is closing in Did you ever think That we could be so close Like brothers The future's in the air Can feel it everywhere I'm blowing with the wind Of change Well, I guess we've been talking about the history of the song by also talking about the song. So, the um, Klaus Mine has the song in his head he's got that whistled melody Mm -hmm. brings it in they write this song and it's huge it's huge in europe goes to number four in the u.s so it's big for us we heard it all the time yeah but i didn't understand how important it was culturally in europe yeah and but it was massive oh yeah it was number one like all across europe uh like i think i think it had such this huge cultural impact and there's something to be said for what the lyrics are saying and how it would be a cultural moment. Because the, the line, the future's in the air, can feel it everywhere, blowing with the wind of change. Mm-hmm. So that there's something going on around. And then we felt that. I think at the time, there's so yeah. much hope and so much joy. We We were pretty young, so I never really understood exactly what was happening. I mean, I didn't really understand fully what it was all about like the berlin wall came down and i remember being in a uh, history class and oh must have been what grade seven grade seven i guess yeah and and not understanding what the berlin wall was and and in my mind it stretched from one end of germany to the next yeah me too i'm because i remember watching disney movies about people trying to escape and then yeah. of course when you're a kid there's all these movies where people get shot to death yeah somehow and then they they use a hot air balloon to get over yeah i don't know, know if you're, it's on the wonderful world of disney yeah no i've i i, I um went to the uh, checkpoint charlie museum when i was okay. in berlin um a number of years ago and some of the escape uh, attempts were unbelievable like it was kind of inspiring how inventive and ingenious some of these uh, plans were That chorus is so memorable. Yes. Take me to the magic of the moment on a glory night where the children of tomorrow dream away in the wind of change. Yeah. You know, reading it on the page is like, oh, okay. But yeah. hearing it is so powerful. When you hear it, and I'm, I'm going to take even a step back at the end of verse two. The line is, did you ever think that we could be so close like brothers? And up until that point, it's just Klaus Mein singing. But when they sing like brothers, 
that's when they bring in the background singers to harmonize with them. And it's just this beautiful little moment because it, it's a community, it's brothers, and, and you can feel that at that time. Is it Klaus Mine singing over Klaus Mine, or is it the other members of Scorpions? Because if it is, I mean, they have great harmony. Yeah. Because during the chorus, there's definitely other voices going on while he's singing that create that layering. Yes. And yeah, yeah. it is quite moving. And what I love about the song is it's so hopeful. It just sees this future of like difference and change and inclusion and, and all this other sort of stuff. Because... Eastern Europe and, and, and the Soviet Union has been living under this sort of cloud of repression for so long. And they, they could feel it. Like, there was a cultural change at the time. And, uh, like, because I remember uh, there was a big deal when, like, the first McDonald's opened in Russia, in Red Square. I know. It's so depressing thinking back to it. Yes. Our relationship to all these things has changed <laughs> enough to see, like, oh, no. It's so tough to, to to unglue ourselves. Yeah. So I just think about my own ways of viewing the other side as enemy, enemy, yeah. enemy. Yeah, yeah, And then when they became friend, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but it's like a wrestling swerve where you're yeah. like, oh, okay, so Macho Man's good guy now. And like, and, but that's how it became. They weren't even real to us because they were so foreign. That we could be so close, like brothers. Back in the early 2000s, do you remember you, our friend Gabe, and I, we watched Rambo 3. Oh, yeah. When he fought the Russians in Afghanistan. Yeah. It was dedicated to, like, the valiant fighters yeah. who I think became the Taliban. Yeah. And then, it, like you kind of look at it and through that lens it's just like ooh that did not age well well this is it where we've grown up seeing people as but this captures it too in a way yes. right yeah could you believe we could be brothers like i thought we were enemies oh we're brothers well we're, we're we were brothers and but now i mean in the context of the uh the invasion of of ukraine like now it's just like uh russia like what are you doing well this is the tricky part because i mean we're well, we'll talk about it now, is that they no longer sing, I follow the Moskva down to Gorky Park. Yeah, so so now, in, in light of the invasion of Ukraine, they don't feel it's right to romanticize Russia necessarily. So what they sing now is, now listen to my heart, it says Ukraine, waiting for the winds of change. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, the, the Moskva, Gorky Park works a little bit better. Much better. And even still... I think it's important to remember that it's not as though these this, these humans are still there. Yeah, there's just so much sadness around it. Yeah, it's not to it's not some sort of justification, but I think it still works. You yeah. can still sing this song. I think so too because, because the wind of change is still going on there. Yeah, they're singing about a specific period of time where this was so so important. Yeah, um, and and it's still important to understand and, and celebrate what happened culturally at the time. And to remind yourself, when we go back into jingoistic language, where we have them and us, so many of them are dying. Yeah. In these times, it's so tough with war going on and easy narratives in terms of, it's not to say Russia has any justification in this, but Russians 
are people too. Yeah. To quote my man, Sting. <laughs> sting the wrestler or Sting the singer? No, Sting the singer. Oh, okay. Not Sting the wrestler, I'm sure, would be on board with yeah. this, but definitely Sting the singer. I gotta say, this is, uh, I did not expect this episode to be so difficult to talk about. Well, because it's just a little, okay, it's a lot outside our comfort zone. Yeah, we need to go back to relationships. This does not fit into into our wheelhouse right here. But not at all. It's still it's such an important song to sing. And I feel like the song now still speaks, especially with the situation with Russia, Ukraine. Yeah. We're still waiting for that moment. Yeah. The, the the wind to change. Yeah. All right, then let's do this. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's bounce on with the lyrics. All right. You know what? Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures always does well with a bridge. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> we, know, we know exactly what it is. We know exactly what it does. It, bridges are... They take imp- you to another part of the song. Yes. And this one, of course, is more obvious. Yeah. Where they say, the wind of change blows straight into the face of time, like a storm wind that will ring the freedom bell for peace of mind. Let your balalaika sing what my guitar wants to say. The wind of change blows straight into the face of time, like a storm wind that will ring the freedom bell for peace of mind. And what I love about that is so the balalaika or whatever it is, and I forgive us, our Russian listeners, for, for butchering the pronunciation there, um, is a, a stringed instrument similar to a guitar. It has a triangular body, but uh, three um, strings on it. But it sets it up for that guitar solo. And I, I'm not a big fan of the bridge, but I'm a big fan of the guitar solo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guitar solo is amazing. I, I actually like the bridge a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Frank's a big favorite. You're also partly Russian, aren't you? Uh, yeah, my, my grandparents uh, immigrated from Russia. Okay, that's right. Okay, so this is a connection for you. Yeah. So the bridge leads into that guitar solo, which is awesome because I love how it says what my guitar wants to say. And it's basically bump set spike. It's bump yeah. set. Then the guitar solo is the spike. So yeah. it tells exactly what's happening here. And those final choruses, the final two yeah. choruses are incredible. Yeah. And you get that layering of vocals yeah. that are almost like, oh, is it one person singing? But it sounds like the way... These electric guitar solos go. I sometimes wonder if there's like several electric guitars going on at once to get that sound. Yeah.
this song has been recommended to us a number of times by a frequent listener. We need to give a, a shout out to Vic because he's bugged us a couple of times. And Vic has been one of our most faithful listeners. I think he's listened to every single episode. Um, so Vic had uh, suggested this song to us. And then he also brought up that there's this fantastic podcast called Wind of Change about this song and it, about its relationship with the CIA. So there's a theory or an urban legend going around that the CIA actually wrote this song to help to put an end to communism as a psyops sort of mission to undermine the uh, sort of the Russian uh, regime at the time. It's not an impossibility. No. Because they've done crazier things. They uh, airdropped Louis Armstrong into countries in Africa when they were in sort of various states of upheaval and they weren't sure of if they were going to go like a capitalist or communist sort of route. And they're just like, well, we're going to airdrop someone who's quintessentially American into this into this situation so that, you know, we we avoid the terror of communism and or whatever it is. Klaus Mind said it was an awesome idea, but not true at all. Yeah, exactly. So if you listen through the podcast, and the podcast really, really is good. It's a series, so you got to invest a little bit of time. But the podcast is hosted by uh, Patrick Raiden Keel, who's an, an author for The New Yorker. And at the end, yeah, he, he interviews Klaus Mine, and his comments are just like, it's like, really? It's like, that's an awesome idea, but it didn't happen. Like, I wrote the song. So yeah, the theory was that the CIA wrote the song for the Scorpions to sing, and and uh, like, what's what's better than taking a German band with an American um, sort of slant on things to undermine the the uh, Soviet Union at the time? Well, Bill and Frank's razor, or I guess Occam's razor, says the easiest solution is probably the right solution. Yeah, he was on a boat with a bunch of rock stars and said, "Oh." There's Gorky Park. Yeah. I'm going down the Moskva River. All right. So things are getting a little serious here. A little, little heavy. So let's, let's talk about the video. Yeah. I couldn't believe how old Scorpions were. Well, the song came out like 25 years after the band started. So if let's say they're 20 when they get together and start this band, they're 45. So they're our age. Oh my goodness. And when we're seeing this video, we are 14. We still look 14 compared to how they look in that video. Yeah. But we didn't play concerts with Motley Crue. Yeah. And people used to age different back in like that's true when they were older we've talked about this before but our grandparents when they were 50 oh they looked like they were 90 right but back then they were yeah it's just like just a whole other time yeah it's this is a time travel sort of question that we need to broach at at a certain time but we're not going to do that right now in the music video do, do they have lighters on the whole time they do a little bit of stock footage of um Oh, I forget where it is in Berlin early on, like in the in the 60s, like when the Berlin Wall was first being constructed. Yep. And then um, 
most of the video is sort of band shots and black and white and concert shots or, or staged concert shots and people singing along with the songs, which which I think is really, it really works because they're singing about the wind of change, which is important. It's also kind of funny back then where yeah. you'd have these music videos that come out where everyone's singing along where when you think about it. Yeah. No one knows what this song no, is. The no song one knows hasn't it. even come out. It hasn't yet. come out. So everyone's like, hey, listen, just pretend you're singing along with this. Yeah. I think about Bon Jovi's I'll Be There For You, yeah. I think. And like, they don't know this song. Yeah. Was it I'll Be Here For You? I'll Be There For You. I'll These be five there words, for you. I swear to you, when you breathe, I want to be the air for you. I'll be there for you. Great song. Do you want me to recite all the lyrics? A bit annoyed at Scorpions for not liking Bon Jovi headlining. Bon Jovi seemed like good guys. Yeah, they seem like good guys, but at the same time, I think the the right choice would have been to. Well, I get it because it's the big North American thing. Yeah, the big American push, but the Scorpions deserve to be there more. And, and then the video ends with um, the same um, the same location in Germany in 1989 as the Berlin Wall is coming down, and it. And it shows, which is, again, it it uh, bookends the uh, the video, kind of like the way the whistling bookends the song. Yeah, and they didn't want the whistling. The record. No, company. exactly. They they wanted because Scorpions were a hard rock band, so they wanted this ripping guitar uh, uh, intro. Which, you know what? Thank you, record execs, for relenting and making the right choice on this one. You made history. Yeah. I, you might have brought down yeah. the Iron Curtain. I think the record execs are directly responsible for the end of uh, communism in Russia and Eastern Europe. All right. Categories? Yeah. Okay. This song, it doesn't really lend itself to our, our usual category. So I don't think we should even broach should Michael Bolton sing this song. But he could. He could. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hallmark movie, it, it would be a tough one. A lot of sort of sensitive themes that have to happen in it. Yeah. But a lot of triumph. Yeah. I think it would go the way our recording of this podcast has gone, where we just don't know what like to serpentine. do. Like Serpentine. We have no idea what direction it's heading in. No. Is it funny? Is it political? Should I be upset about the world? Yeah. All right. How about our mixtape? But going into the mixtape, I want to talk about a topic and see. It might cross over. Okay. So, I was interested in songs with whistling in it. Oh, that's exactly what the theme I have. Okay. So, I had a whole bunch of songs, but not all of them made my mixtape. Okay. But maybe we should talk... Why don't we talk about our mixtapes, and then we can talk about... Do you want to talk about whistling after we talk about mixtapes, so we put it all out on the table? Yeah. Okay. I also can't whistle. Okay, but that was my question. It's like, I can't whistle. I can only whistle by... Sucking in the air, like... Yeah, I can whistle blowing the air out, but it's it's terrible. Well, try it. Wow, that... Wow. It just sounds awful. My grandfather whistled like that. Yeah? Great guy. Terrible whistler. (laughs) Just like me. Okay. Um, All right, great. We got whistling tunes. Okay. Do you still want me to give the? You go first, first because I've stolen so many of your songs. Okay. I, the, I feel it's going to destroy you though. Yeah. I, I might have one at the end. Yeah. All right. So after opening, wind to change. Yep. Okay, I'm going to go through the ones. Um, 
patience, Guns N' Roses. Okay, you just took off my first song. Okay, good. Don't worry, be happy. You took off my second song. Games Without Frontiers. Okay, nope. You you wouldn't know what whistling comes up on Games Without Frontiers. Yeah. All right, I got a couple more here. Okay. How many did I just do there? You did three. Okay, I don't want to go past five. All right. We might have talked about this guy before. Okay. But every chance I get, I'm going to bring up Roger Whittaker. Okay. Do you know Roger Whittaker? Not personally. Huge in Germany. Yes, okay. But he's got a song called New World in the Morning. Okay. Which has a great whistling intro. Oh, yes, please. Everybody talks about a new world in the morning. New world in the morning, so they say. I myself don't talk about a new world. That's fantastic. That's just so happy. I love that song. Roger Whittaker, uh, this is one of those things that parents play for you when you're younger like oh here's roger whittaker's greatest hits and i've just taken it in he also has a song called canada is okay unavailable okay on streaming services you can't buy it and somewhere on youtube it exists okay it's awesome okay and it was on our greatest hits that we had and this song with the whistling yeah okay that was number four okay okay my number five Oh, the Andy Griffith theme song. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I got more, but I feel like you got some more too. Yeah, so you took two of my five. Okay. So, which were Patience and Don't Worry, Be Happy. Uh, sitting on the Dock by the Bay. Oh, very Sorry, good. Sorry, Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Ends with the whistling. Yes. And he died like three well, days after recording. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he's incredible. Yes. Oh, Otis Redding is awesome. I read about his death. It was tragic. It was a plane crash, right? Was he in his 20s? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me down. Um, young folks, Peter, Bjorn, and John. Good call. And then finishing it with Joyride by Roxette. Oh, nice. Joyride's a good call. Wow. Okay. I also had, so there's Walk Like an Egyptian has a whole yes, wrestling part. that's right. Yep. Here's a whistling part I did not realize existed. I should have known because I know the song well. Mm-hmm. White Christmas. Bing Crosby's whistled okay. over the women singing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's Bing Crosby whistling. Yeah. He whistles way better than I do. I can't believe the amount of people that can whistle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the category was going to be, what's the best whistling? But we just nailed most of the whistling. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I got another category for you. All right. Does Bill's wife, Ashley, know the song? (laughs) Easy one. No, she doesn't. She didn't. She, yeah. No, she was born in 82. So she was eight when it came out. Clueless. She sat here with us. Listened to the song and then said, never heard it. 
We're even now, we're 30 years removed from it being released. Yeah. More. 32, yeah. Yeah. Still, no. Still, no. That's an active ignoring of the music I play in this household. (laughs) She took exceptions to us calling it a blues song. Well, jazzy blues, yeah. Well, I did that just to make her upset. Yeah, and she was, and she shot that down. Yeah, she left pretty quickly after that. Okay, would this be played at a wedding? No. No. (laughs) Would this be played at a school dance? Well, maybe. Yeah, because no one really knew what the lyrics of songs were. If you're driving a car, this song comes on. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? It's cranked up to 11. How are you singing along with it? I'm singing with a lot of passion, a lot of gusto. I'm trying to whistle. Yeah, I tried today to whistle with it. Mm -hmm. I kept trying to suck in the whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work? No. I I almost think I gave myself an asthma attack. I don't even have asthma. So, uh, but what I always try to do is do like some sort of harmonizing. Yes. Then I realize I don't know what a C, D, E, or F even mean. I got my grade six piano. You'd think I'd know. I don't. No. If there were sharps and flats going all over the place. Music is like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, it just atrophies. So, what is your favorite part of the song? My favorite part is where... He sings the background over top of his own singing. Okay. Where you hear, like, take me, and then he yells, take hey. Yeah. Take, take me to the magic of the moment on a glory night Where the children of tomorrow dream away In the wind of change that's gotta be Klaus Mine on both of them. And I love just the layering of the vocals yeah. and the chorus. That's my favorite yeah. part. So that that's very, very similar to mine, which is um in the first or second verse or whatever it is. It's like that we could be so close. Like brothers. And and it harmonizes there. It's just oh, it just it goosebumps me at that time because it's just close mine and then it's harmonizing. So you can feel like they're actually brothers. Did you ever think that we could be so close like brothers? It does work. It works really well. They're doing karate in the garage. (laughs) Yes. There it is. Something to this song. And it holds up. And we were so young when it came out to even understand what they're talking about. We're still in Disney World. Yeah. And I mean it in like even a literal way. I might have been in Disney World at the time when I heard it. I don't know. (laughs) Still, I look forward to that magic of the moment. Maybe on a glory night where the children of tomorrow share their dreams with you and me. In the wind of change. This has been Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures. Thank you so much for listening.